Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. The Sports Betting Network. And just like that, Super Bowl 58 is set. Chiefs Niners in two weeks right here in Las Vegas. And boy, did the road to get us here deliver. Hell of a championship Sunday as we welcome you into this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi, Stormy Tony with you. Dressed for the occasion of what was the best second half comeback. Of course you are. Where's your pom-poms? There we go. Where the hell's your pom-poms? I mean, geez, oh man, you got all the colors on. Uh, I should bring my helmet out there with you. My my 49er helmet. Just put let you put it right there on the desk. Run your lap around. There you go. Yes, sir. We got to get congratulations. Thank you. We got to get the vibes right for what was the best second half comeback yeah. in conference championship history, which still is unbelievable to take in. Michael, yesterday, like, what what did you think most? Was it the Lions eventually collapsing, or was it a combination of them falling apart and not doing what they were doing best in the first half, and the 49ers playing as good of a half of football as you could? Well, believe it or not, there's this thing called momentum, right? Now, I know a lot of people in the analytical community pay no attention to it because they keep looking at their chart and they say, go for it on fourth down. Don't go for it on fourth. They never say don't go for it on fourth down. But the momentum does matter. And, you know, and and certainly momentum swung on that fourth down play and the Niners got their act together and they finally the next you know they run the play to Debo Debo makes a nice run and next thing you know Ayuk makes that incredible catch and and momentum swung in their favor it did and that's something that only the people participating in the game can sense. We see it in basketball all the time, right? You know, you're up by 20 in hoops. The next thing, the team makes a run. Coach calls timeout. You know, cut it to eight. That momentum swing. Now it swings back and forth within the game, and sometimes you can change it. But I thought for sure the momentum swung on the the missed fourth down opportunity and the 49ers capitalizing on it. And then all of a sudden the fumble and next thing you know, we went from 24 to seven to start the fourth quarter, to start the second half to three minutes remaining in the third quarter, 24, 24. And momentum really did a big part of it. 
Yep. It was uh, 27 unanswered points for the San Francisco 49ers there in the second half. Brock Purdy went 13 of 16, 174 yards, a touchdown, and 49 rushing yards as well. So orchestrating five straight scoring drives for the San Francisco team. But because you mentioned the fourth downs and how critical that was from a momentum standpoint, what did you make of Dan Campbell's decision to continue to go for it on fourth down, but also not going for it at the end of the first half and electing to kick the field goal on that fourth and three? Great question. So I think what happened was when you listen to the interview at halftime, when he comes off the field and he just was kind of apologizing to all the people that that praise him for being so aggressive. Well, you know, we were just a little bit, we were a yard or two out. Really? You went for it on fourth down and, and when you had a chance to kick the extra point in Dallas. How is yardage ever going to make that decision for you, right? <laughs> like, seriously. Okay, you could say that, but, you know, what, what happened in Dallas, right? I think he felt like he really regretted that decision, and I think he did the right thing. Look, the last time we saw that decision, Andy Reid made it in Kansas City, and he lost momentum in that game. And, oh, by the way, didn't the Bengals come back from a deficit and win that game, right? Yeah. So, like I think he regretted that and I said to myself and I wrote it in my notebook the next time he gets a fourth down it's a gimme he's going for it and he went for it and you know look you could say when you're up 17 it's 24 to 10 if he makes the field goal and understanding he's got to make it he goes up 27 to 10 he also is going to get the ball three to four more times in the game and now into the decision has to be layered. Okay, Kyle Shanahan playing from behind. Kyle Shanahan in a drop-back pass game because now this is what it's going to become. If I go up 17, it's a drop-back pass game. They can't run their little runs. They can't run their little bubbles. They're going to have to throw it. We're going to have to – Purdy's going to have to throw it from the pocket. And I'm kicking the hell out of your two guards, Feliciano and Banks. I'm pushing them right back into Purdy's lap with my tackles. So I'm weighing that. I kick it there. I go up 17 with seven minute, with 22 minutes remaining in the game. I'm going to be hard to beat at that point. Again, they made their run. They cut it. Now I can get it back to 17. To me, that was the one that I, I, I just didn't understand. And then to me, the one that he put himself in checkmate with, really, and this was checkmate, is when he called timeout. Yeah. When he called timeout, when literally he had to be saying on the headset, fellas, I'm not calling timeout. Ben, whatever play you call here, you got to throw in the end zone. I'm not calling timeout. And Ben runs it. Ben runs it. He had to okay it. He's got the call mm -hmm. sheet in his hand. And now he calls timeout. That's checkmate. Game over. Game was over. At that moment, the game was over. Unless they fumbled or did. Or, because getting the onside kick, you and I both know, is almost damn near impossible. Yeah, in today's NFL, onside kicks just, just don't happen. And obviously, they ended up having the illegal touch on that play anyways. But credit George Kittle for jumping on top of it. Let, let's hear from Dan Campbell postgame talking about those fourth down decisions. Because he made it clear, although it was stressful, he did not regret going for it on fourth down in either situation. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back. I don't regret those decisions. And that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. But I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man.
and he will get the scrutiny. But but I, I get it to the extent of this is what got you here, right? And this is a team that went for it on 34% of fourth downs this season, the highest rate of any team in this century. But they were only 50%. But they were only 50%. We act well, like they get it every time. They were only 50. They were 21 for 40 over the season on fourth down calls. So, like, nobody mentions they only had a 50% success rate on fourth down through the entire, through the most that they've ever done. They just keep saying, go for it, go for it, Dan, be aggressive. There's a difference between being aggressive and being strategical and understanding the game, having strategy within every decision on fourth down, to me, has to be independent of everything else you've done. It has to be a standalone and watch the game and layer the decision based on what you're seeing. Like, I, I, I'm not going to be critical. When he didn't kick the 47-yard field goal to tie the game, okay, you could say, well, all right, you know, I, I mean, I could get, I, I'm not going to kill him on that one. To me, but when he decided to not kick the field goal, did he think his defense was going to give him the ball back in three plays? So, Michael, like, I'm not, I'm not anti- analytics by any means but I think that there needs to be a give and take of understanding circumstance understanding who's out there on the field and what situation it is and also like from a coaching perspective you tell me if you agree with this or not but understanding that sometimes the knockout punch is the field goal right like you don't have to be aggressive to have that like to get you to make it a three possession game I feel like is enough to make it defeating on the other side you don't need the touchdown there to if you have an opportunity to tie the game after you see San Francisco go on this run, you're going to need the field goal regardless later. Like just there's different situational things where I just didn't understand why. And granted, field goals are not gimmies, right? You're not guaranteed to get those points in any situation. But I just feel like there's circumstances where you should take the field goal and try to make sure you're walking away with points on the board the best that you can. You know, I could agree more, Stormy, because it's cause and effect. Like if I go up 17, what does that cause? What does that do to affect the 49er offense? Yes. Okay, that's to me where I am on this. It forces them into a drop back pass game. Okay, it forces them into doing something they're not comfortable doing. It actually gives me a chance because I'm kicking their butt up front. I mean, Aaron Glenn went into that game saying, you know what, Kyle, I respect you but your offensive line isn't very good and I'm going to power your line back and I'm going to make sure you can't run the ball. I'm going to be in a five-man line. I'm not going small. I'm going to play big. I'm going to put you on the ropes and punch you, right? I'm not going to let you spread me out. I don't care. I'm not going into nickel. I'm going to punch you. And he did. And they were able to push him back and Purdy throws the interception. He's got guys in his face. It was hard. You know, and and to me, once they broke that dam, and look, let's face it, Purdy's scrambling is what won the game. Mm. I mean, he gets 48 yards rushing. I think he had 51, and then he lost the yards. Watch the run after the fumble. Watch the run after the fumble. You know, you talk about Purdy's not a good athlete. Purdy's Mm. Mr. Irrelevant. Watch him run away from Brian Branch. Watch him on that run. Branch is spying on him. He's coming down. He sees him. He can't get him on the ground. Purdy's athleticism is hidden within the game. The, the throw he makes to put it 24 to 17, moves slightly in the pocket, and he finds and he throws a touchdown pass. Then the scramble to get the ball to the five-yard line. And, and watch it again. He's got, he's got Branch right track. Branch doesn't even touch him. And Branch is trying. 
So to me, again, all these decisions, they are not evaluated based on results. They're evaluated based on how much data did you put into your decision analysis. And if everything comes out, go for it. Then you really are never making decisions. You're just going for it. You're playing carefree. There's got to be some strategy to it. And don't tell me you because the ball was at the three, you decided to kick the field goal. When in Green Bay, when the penalty happened and the ball got moved back to the eight, you still went for two. Well, Michael, and for for as much as I know we talk about the momentum and those being momentum swings and moments that opened the door for San Francisco to slide back in, there were a lot of other things, too, that I just didn't understand about the Lions game plan, that they were having so much success crushing San Francisco in the trenches, running the football in the first half. Like, how many third and longs were they completing to just, like, take away the will of San Francisco in the first half? And then the run game, in the second half, running backs ran it seven times for 32 yards after in the first half running it 20 times for 106. Like, why are you shifting what has worked and that continued to gash them? I, there were just a lot of uh, coaching decisions I didn't understand throughout the course of this game from Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I thought their offensive line literally kicked the crap. I mean, yeah. you can talk about Chase Young being the second pick overall in the draft. You know, let's kind of, that, that was not a good pick. I mean, that's more hype than it is reality. He's been one-on-one, doesn't play the run at all. Look at his effort on, on the Gibbs touchdown run. It's atrocious. I mean, so, yeah, I agree with you. We'll look at the AFC side of things when we come back. Just getting started here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new vcin.com. It's got a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, and a mobile first focus on today's head page. In addition to breaking down early predictions for Super Bowl 58, we got NBA best bets and player props for today's 12 game slate from JVT as well as Zach Cohen. Check out the new vcin.com today. And just one last thought on the NFC side of things in the 49ers win yesterday. San Francisco, Michael, was this close 
despite being down 17 at halftime to still covering the number. They had a 10 point lead late. Like the back door ended up being open for Detroit. Like we thought it might be before the game, but I did not see it in that case. No, I mean, wow, that was one of those where, you know, again, it's like you ask yourself constantly in the game, and we certainly did this in the first game in Baltimore, Kansas City. It's like, what does it, what is it going to take to win this game? And I thought for sure at halftime when it was 17-7, to 7, I'm thinking Baltimore, Kansas City, that game's going to be in the 27-24 range. It, nobody's – we got three points. Yeah, I got a field goal. And if you're Dan Campbell, when you kick – if you kick that field goal to, to go up 17 – you're sitting there saying, I got a chance to get to 37 here. Can they get to 37, right? Like, that's how you're thinking. You're not thinking about, well, I'm, you know, I didn't want to settle for three. I wanted to keep the ball. No, you're thinking about what do I need to get to to win this game? How many points? It's a, remember, the game is still an accumulation of points, no matter mm-hmm. what they try to tell us. It's so you accumulate points and how many points you have at the end. It is not a game of we're going to have, well, it was the right it was the right decision, bad outcome. That's not the case in football because the bad outcome is you're not playing anymore. So every decision is predicated on how many more possessions we have, how many more, what point total can we get to to win this game? Like, nobody ever talks about it during the game. What do we need to win the game? How many points are we going to need to win this game? If you're Dan Campbell and I get 27, okay, I know I'm going to get the ball three more times. There's seven minutes to go in the third quarter. I'm going to have a chance to get it at least three, maybe four more times. If I get to 37, how does Kyle get to 37? How does he get there? He don't have enough possessions to get there. And he's got a kicker that can't kick. Nobody, nobody thought Moody would make the 43-yarder that he made. They were nervous as hell. They were nervous on the extra points. I was. So, like, that's the thing that's missing in the whole landscape of the decision-making is, like, how many points is it going to take to win the game? And can, he gets the 37, he wins. And I can confirm sitting on my couch as a 49ers fan, zero faith in Jake Moody. And it was confirmed in the first half when he missed that field goal. But neither here nor there. Uh, 34-31 ends up being the final score. San Francisco wins, does not cover. The Lions cover the 7.5. Total goes over any number that you had, closing at 53.5. But the SGTs, the same game teaser, comes through once again for San Francisco. And they will now face the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs uh, headed back for the fourth time in the last five seasons after a 17-10 win over the Ravens. So as you referenced, a very different type of a game here. The Chiefs win as an underdog. Total stays well under because there was no offense getting into the end zone in the second half here. What did you make of the Ravens game plan first and foremost here? Well, I I said this on the pod. I I think you remember the movie Back to the Future? Of course. Right. Uh, The Ravens are Biff. They're (laughs) fake tough guys. Like, seriously, they're fake. All this toughness. Oh, we're tough. We're the Raven. Yeah, we got Ed Reed coming out. We got Ray Lewis coming out. We're this tough team. They, they're fake tough. Like, you know, you get all the penalties, right? They had eight penalties, four personal fouls. You know, I mean, it was just, it was really a bad uh, 12 men on the field, reached the ball over the goal line, throwing helmets. Kansas City had eight drives. After the after they kicked three points and didn't get didn't have any points eight drives didn't have any points, so to me they the Ravens lost this game, not yesterday not on Sunday no no they didn't lose it on Sunday they lost this game on Tuesday when they decided that it would be a good idea that Steve Spagnuolo is not going to blitz us and we're just going to run and we're going to throw the ball every play, like are we kidding ourselves? 
I mean, John Harbaugh and Steve Spagnuolo are on the same staff. Spagnuolo's blitzing whether he has corners or no corners. He's coming after you. He's going to make you have to defend it. And to go into that game and to walk out of that stadium where Andy Reid has 32 rushes and you have 16, mm -hmm. you telling me that's a good game plan? They run power on fourth down. They get 15 yards with the quarterback power, unbalanced line. They come back and repeat the play to Gus Edwards. They get 15 more. That was the last we saw. Running back rushing attempt three times past the 536 mark in the first quarter and never called another running back game. That game was lost on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It was the design and the anticipation of your opponent. What was the strategy? What, what, what do we believe he was going to do? And, he, and we never adjusted in the game. They rushed for 81 yards, Michael, which snapped a streak of 35 straight games in which the Ravens offense had rushed for at least 100. It was the fifth longest in the NFL, including postseason games. And you, you talk about their lack of a run game overall. They only had five run plays on 22 first and tens. And this is a Chiefs run defense. We know there's like, what, 26th, 27th in the NFL. But they're like, no, let's pass it against the fifth best secondary in the league. It just it didn't make any sense. But Lamar Jackson, after the game, was asked about not only his reaction to how things played out, but was questioned specifically about the run game. Take a listen. We mad, you know, we, we got the disposition one game away from the Super Bowl that we all, well, that what I've been talking about, my team been talking about all season, and we fell short. And like I said, offense, we didn't put nothing on the board. We scored once. That's not like us, you know. We drove the ball down the field, that's cool, but we got to put points on the board. But I feel like my team just angry, you know. Not frustrated, we just angry because we know how hard we worked to get here. Lamar, do you think there was opportunities to run the ball more? Uh, I mean, we could have ran the ball. You know, we were just we was down, and we just try to you know put points on the board, try to get the ball down the field, and we just got to make something happen. There were just three designed runs after halftime, Michael. And of those 16 carries, five of them were Lamar Jackson scrambles. And even he wasn't using his legs the way that we anticipated him to. Like he like he was hesitant. I don't know. What did you see of Lamar Jackson running? Well, I, I didn't think they had a really good plan. I mean, first of all, when you get into what, you know, when they got into some jumbo formations, first of all, let's put this out there. The, the offensive line of the Ravens is a run blocking offensive line. It always is. It's a play action line. Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley's one of the highest paid players on their team, and he gets beat on a, on a, on a consistent basis and doesn't play all the games. I mean, he's well overpaid. He doesn't get, you know, it's not to the level. And so when you take away what they do well, which is run block and play action pass, and you become a, a drop back pass game, which you really can't be, and you know Spagnola is going to blitz you. And here's the thing, know your personnel, right? One thing you have Lamar, you know Lamar is going to create plays with his arm and with his legs. And you know that he wants to be able to have room to run. But you're not going to get where he's not going to come to the line and go, oh, we're running 62. No, change it to 74. Oh, no. You know, like, no, that it, no, the plays that we're going to run is what we're going to run. And that's not a knock on Lamar. That's just how he runs the game. And to me, to get up into a chess match at the line of scrimmage and Spagnola won every one. I mean, he's got free runners coming crazy. It, it was really it was so disappointing in the, the fact that when we go back and look at all the Raven games, right? They, the first time Lamar played in the playoffs, the Chargers whooped them. Then they come Tennessee. They get down to Tennessee. Every time they've gotten down, they've panicked. Stormy, they panicked. The fake tough guy, Biff, they panicked. Somebody punched him in the mouth, and they didn't know what to do with it.
Well, the thing I kept coming back to, and you know, like we talked about it plenty on the show yesterday when Rich Gannon was on here, he said as much too, talking about this Chiefs team being one that you can't count out. And yes, we talk about the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid of it all, but I think that the experience portion of what they've done being in six straight AFC Conference Championship games, being in what I said earlier is going to be a, a fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years, like they know what it takes to be masters of the moment. And the Ravens, you, you use the word panic. They Maybe it's the inexperience of the moment. Maybe it's, it's the Chiefs knowing how to needle in what area. But I just felt like when we got to the second half of this game and we saw the Ravens continue to do, you know, whatever type things that they were doing on offense, that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes didn't have to overcompensate because their defense was doing enough and because they had the experience to take care of the moment. They did. You know, they didn't lose the game. I mean, look, they come into Baltimore. They don't get a false start. They don't have any penalties. Baltimore has all the penalties. Baltimore played with no composure, no discipline. I mean, it really was a team that was, you know, and, and, I, and I don't want to hear this nonsense. Well, you can never bet against Mahomes when he's a dog. Mahomes didn't beat him. The Chiefs beat the Ravens. Mahomes didn't beat him. Mahomes played perfectly. I, I, he was good. But it was a team effort that beat him. It wasn't one player. It was the ability to make critical plays. He made great throws. They ran the football, and their defense was dominant. Their defense took it away. It was not a – that's what's got to make John Harbaugh sick this whole offseason is he didn't get – if you go down losing to the Chiefs because Mahomes throws for 400 and makes ridiculous yeah. plays like he did to Kelsey over the middle, okay, I got it. They're just better than we are. But when, you, when he averages 5-5 a pass play and you lose – well, something's going on. Yeah, we yeah. we didn't give our best. This was our best chance. For sure. He didn't need and he didn't need to. Like the the Chiefs have embraced the ugly. They've embraced leaning on their defense. It doesn't have to be all Mahomes anymore. And credit them, championship teams adapt, and it looks like that's what Kansas City has done in this spot. Sports books across the country, by the way, needed Kansas City yesterday. We've got Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata coming up next. We'll get his sigh of relief live when we come back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSEN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Again, use that code VSEN, DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. We got Mr. Michael Lombardi back connected with us, which, by the way, Michael, good news Next week, with the Super Bowl being out here in Las Vegas, we're not going to have to worry about any of that stuff because you'll be in person here in Vegas. Yeah, I will be right there with you. We'll be there on Radio Row. We'll be able to do our show. We'll be able to listen to all the that. What is the narrative you think going to be? Are we past? Are we past the Brock Purdy is still not a good player? Do you think we got past that in that game? Well, I or, know. For- I mean. I know, Michael, for Ryan Clark, who is calling for Justin Fields to be the next quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, that this morning he said that Brock Purdy has separated himself, that he has shown he is a franchise quarterback. So maybe things are changing. It's amazing how that can happen overnight. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That's good to know. I'm glad I didn't watch that program. So that's perfect. 
Uh, well, as we look to Super Bowl 58, the 49ers opened on that look ahead line as a two and a half point favorite. We have already seen a big shift there. 65% of the handle coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs. They're now getting one total 47 and a half. The Chiefs, by the way, Michael, just continue to have success in that underdog role. They're the ninth team in yeah. the last 20 seasons to pull off upsets in the divisional round and the conference championship. And according to ESPN stats and info, six of the last eight went on to win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, 10-1-1 ATS as a dog, nine outright wins. You know, the question I have, Stormy, is like, how do you not take away Kelsey? I mean, the, the one thing you got to know about this new version of Kansas City, which happened after Christmas Day, right? We talked about it on the show, that Andy Reid went back to the think tank and said, you know what, fellas, we can't win like this. We're changing. But Kelsey's still Kelsey. I mean, I know he made some great plays, but why can't why didn't they take him out? His first half was dominating. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, they, they were able to just go eight possessions without scoring and you still won. And look, I know their defense is good. I get that. But this defense gave up 157 yards rushing to the Raiders when the game was on the line. They couldn't stop the Raiders back on Christmas Day. And we saw Buffalo run the ball for 182 yards against him. Of course, we saw, for whatever reason, Todd Munkin decided not to run the ball. So I don't think that'll be Kyle Shanahan's intent. The concern you have in this game where it seems very appealing is if San Francisco tries to play that soft zone, that cover three, that, you know, we're going to drop the spots and break on the football. That ain't going to work against Mahomes. I can tell you that right now. That will not work. And this Kansas City offensive line is playing much better than it did earlier in the year. It is playing at a higher level than it ever has. Okay, so that's one thing. Two, when you sit there and you watch San Francisco, and you're a San Francisco fan, so I think you would also agree with this, their tackling this year compared to last year is light, light years different. They're not the same tackling team. You can make yards after contact. They don't rally to the football to the same level that we've seen them do it in the past. And this is going to make Kansas City's offense, which is rather pedestrian. I mean, they've averaged like 26 points a game. That's, you know, going into that game, the three games prior that we were scouting, they averaged 26 points. Yesterday, they scored 17. If you'd have told me they were going to score 17, Stormy, I would have taken everything and bet it on the Ravens. Yeah, the Chiefs have only scored over 30 points once this year and they lost that game. So it's, you know, it's a very, very different type of offensive team than we're used to. Mahomes had the worst statistical season of his career, ranked 19th in QBR and passing plays. But oh, guess what? They're still in the Super Bowl. That's why fans are so frustrated with this Kansas City Chiefs team, because this was the year they were supposed to be vulnerable. I mean, heck, last yeah. year was the year they were supposed to be vulnerable and they won it all. But this season, things looked different. Wide receivers led the league and dropped passes. But to your point, the offensive line has played much better. They've seemed to figure things out. And let's take a listen to Patrick Mahomes if we can, because he spoke to the media after the game about when the defense is playing a certain way, he adjusts the way that he performs on offense as well. I found this interesting. Spags, it seems like when the games get bigger, when the challenges get higher, he performs even better. Um, and um, the guys execute the game plan well. Um, they got timely turnovers that played down down at the goal line, punching the ball out. Uh, I think it was Sneed and recovering it. That would that was a timely turnover, obviously. And um, whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. Um, that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is even if we're not having the success that I want to have, the defense is rolling and getting stopped. So let's just take the take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over and let's go win a football game. 
healthy. And that's something I think that other teams maybe yeah. don't recognize as much yesterday being great evidence of that. Yeah, I, th- I think to me, this is what Mahomes has done since Christmas Day, right? Since he was embarrassed Christmas Day, and he was. He said, and he was willing to accept coaching. He was willing to take in and say, we have to change. And it's not about my numbers. And I don't care if I finish 16th overall. This is similar to when early in Brady's career, when they were running the ball more than throwing it. I mean, he's modified his game to fix what they need to do to win the game. He's put the team in front of himself. Now, that doesn't mean he's not playing well. He's playing really well. The throws he's made, the accuracy have been incredible. But he's not – the team is carrying everybody, not Mahomes has just put them on their back. Because they tried that earlier in the year. They've tried that. They couldn't do it. It didn't work. They were turning the ball over too much. He has not thrown an interception since that Christmas Day game. He's protected the football. They're playing smart. I think Andy Reid's calling a game that gives his team a chance to win the game and credit them for understanding how they needed to handle that. So – I think this is the tall order. Now, Kyle Shanahan's got to figure out what can I do defensively to fix these problems? I got to fix it because if I sit there and rush four and don't get home to Mahomes, he's going to have 20 points by the first half. And and to your point, too, about Mahomes being different, like in the postseason, there's another level that he seems to elevate to. And he's he's already got the accolades, right? He's got MVPs. He's he's got Super Bowl wins. He doesn't need to prove himself anymore. So I think that says a lot about him of having the ability to change his game situationally here in the playoffs. But his last six postseason games, 70 percent completions, 11 touchdowns, no picks. And this offense has shown different signs of life. And Travis Kelsey, too, for a guy who we talk about being 34 years old and he's not at his game anymore this season was was not anywhere near his best he's caught 16 of 17 targets and has three touchdowns right now it's it's remarkable to me that they're able to find ways to do this and and they haven't dropped passes i mean scantling Valdez scantling doesn't drop the deep pass he caught another deep pass i mean they've they've caught the ball whereas we saw the ravens we saw the lions kind of mess this up you know and to me this is what has to be driving every team in the league crazy is this is our chance to beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They're not the same team. This is the best defense they've had, but this is by far the worst offense that they've had from the offensive line, the tackles particularly to the skill players. I mean Baltimore had better skill, they had better they had bet more depth at tight end. Their offensive line decided to play one of its worst games of the year. It did. And, you know, their quarterback didn't play well. And their offensive coordinator didn't put them in the right plan. Everything went wrong for Baltimore. But we keep saying that, you know, we keep saying that Buffalo had a chance to win that game and they couldn't do it. Right. Buffalo couldn't do it. Miami, you know, they were wounded when they went in there. They didn't have a chance. They were not the same team. But it goes back to the coaching. That's why it's not about who's your quarterback. It's about how the three elements of your football team work together. Now, like I mentioned off the top already, we're not even 24 hours since yesterday's game has been concluded, but we've already seen serious line movement where the Chiefs go from getting two and a half points to now getting one from a um, just a price standpoint on the money line. San Francisco goes from minus 155 to just minus 118. The total from 49 down to 47. And this is, of course, a rematch from Super Bowl 58 as well. Um, Four years ago, when San Francisco led that game 20 to 10 after the third quarter and Kansas City comes 
come surging back. Jimmy Garoppolo misses that key throw that I feel like he would have been talked about and San Francisco would have been talked about in such a different light after that. The Chiefs also won the most recent matchup in October of 2022. Chiefs won by three touchdowns in that game. I feel like San Francisco will be hungry for vengeance. We know the amount of talent that they have. But again, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Andy Reid and it's this Chiefs team that has more experience than anybody right now as far as active teams go in this big in, on the biggest stage. And as a 49ers fan, I'm nervous about it. Yeah, I would be because if you remember the interception, I think it was that were a pass. Chris Jones was over the right guard of the 49ers and he got pressure on 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 Jimmy Garoppolo and Kittle was open on the play. But Garoppolo couldn't step up in the pocket or deliver the football. And that play really turned the tie, right? And then the Tyreek Hill play, third and 18, he makes an incredible catch. Remember the, the, the interception, the, the pass interference in the end zone, right? All those things went against him. But my point here is if this 49er offensive line inside doesn't play better, we'll have the same result as the last Super Bowl. The 49ers have never beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes in the three instances, but they have also never played a 49ers team with Brock Purdy on it. How is this team different? We'll discuss that and more. Continue to recap everything we saw from Championship Sunday yesterday when we return for Hour 2 of the Lombardi Line. Stay with us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. The 
appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? You've got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk when you're stepping into my office. It's step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. To the surprise of no one, the first person stepping into Michael's office today, Dan Campbell. After the Lions led 24-7 over the San Francisco 49ers at halftime, they blew a 17-point lead, allowing San Francisco to score 27 unanswered points and eventually fall in the biggest second-half collapse in conference championship history. Dan Campbell postgame spoke about a bitter end to a promising postseason. We'll listen to this and react. So you can only say so much. You got to live it. Unfortunately, you got to get your heart ripped out, which we did. And it's a lesson learned. And look, I told those guys, this may have been all we shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware, and it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing. Once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. Michael, and you can hear it in his voice, heartbreaking. If you are talking to Dan Campbell today, and we already discussed the fourth downs and all of that, are you on board with the Dan Gamble mentality because it worked to get you here? Or does his philosophy moving forward need tweaking? What are you saying to Dan today? I think if what I would say to Dan simply is this, Dan, every situation is different. There's not a universal aggressiveness. And our offense is really good. If we lose Ben Johnson, then I think we got to have a conversation about where we're going. We're going to pay Jared Goff a lot of money. We've already said that. He's going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. So the team is going to be constructed a little bit differently. And maybe we don't have the same kind of team that we had this year. Every game, every team is different. And I think you have to evaluate every fourth down as a standalone fourth down. Going for a fourth and three in Tampa in week seven is way different than fourth and three in San Francisco in the championship game. I'm sorry it is. I'm sorry, because what happens is, and I know Bill Barnwell wrote the article about momentum, but when we give them back, when we give them confidence back the other way, all of a sudden it becomes a problem. And I think you've got to take that into account. And the aggressiveness is what got us here, but the adjustment is what's going to get us further. We have to be smart. We can't just be aggressively stupid. And I think you learned that. I mean, go talk to any great leader in this country. Talk to any of the people that work with the Navy SEALs. There's a part of aggressiveness that's important, but it also has to be combined with intelligence and based on the unilateral decision of where you're trying to go. And I think to me, you're not taking that into account. And a lot of learning lessons as a team, a lot of learning lessons you hope that from a coaching standpoint, Dan Campbell will go ahead and take with him. Let's go to the other losing head coach yesterday in Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh, who with the loss, as you mentioned just moments ago, Baltimore has fallen since their Super Bowl to two and five in the playoffs. The Ravens had 16 rush attempts on Sunday against the Chiefs. That's half their season average of 32 per game. You're talking to Harbaugh today, like how much of the blame does he deserve what real talk does John Harbaugh need to hear today well I think John you know that's one thing to win the regular season and have everybody patting us on the back but that's not what we're here for what we're here for is to win titles and you know we have won we've only won two playoff games really and we've won three playoff games since your last Super Bowl 
and we've lost six. We've lost six, and we think we have a good team. And I think really what has to happen is you. we've got to figure out where are we. Now, you know, we signed Clowney off the street. We signed Van Noy off the street. They're two of our better players. Are we really that talented? Our offensive line needs to be reconfigured. I mean, Ronnie Stanley's our highest paid player. He's not a great left tackle. The right tackle, Morgan Moses, the inside of the guard. John Simpson got beat regularly inside on a consistent basis. So are we really as good as we think we are? That's one. Two, did we really have the right game plan? Were you happy with what Tom Buckin put on tape? Because I'm not. I think to me it was a horrendous game plan based on a starting point that didn't really make any sense against a team that's 25th in EPA. So you've got to evaluate that. You've got to evaluate the coaching. And then you as a leader, you've got to evaluate what can you do to make sure that in the biggest moment we don't panic. I wasn't on the headset yesterday, but watching that game, there was complete panic in the air. Complete because it felt like you were down by two touch, four touchdowns and you're only down by 10 points. And the behavior of your players, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. You're gonna have to adjust. You know, you're 60, gonna be 62 years old next year, 62. You know, and your last Super Bowl was, was over 11 years ago. It's time. And here's the thing, too. For as rough of a performance as that was for Baltimore, they are not the only team that has been chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the fourth time in the last five years that this team is headed to a Super Bowl. And this is despite being the worst offensive season that Patrick Mahomes has seen that this Kansas City Chiefs offense has put together. What do the rest of the AFC contenders need to focus on to overcome the Chiefs and this dynasty that they're building here? Well, I think what they have to really do is decide that it's really about them. Like what the Chiefs have proven to us, what Andy Reid has done with this year's team is he has a team. He's got a complete team. He's got a defense that can attack the passer. He's got some good defensive players in his front. They cover well. They're well coached. And their offense played complementary to their defense. And he got the players to buy into their roles. It's not about having the elite receivers. It's not about having elite runner back. It's about how does the team behave, right? How does the team play collectively together and not make the mistakes that you cost us games? You avo- They have, have avoided losing in the last four weeks as opposed to winning. Where Baltimore lost the game. They gave them the game. They said, here you go. We'll have eight penalties. We'll, 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 we'll turn the ball over numerous times. We'll give you the game. And Kansas City accepted it. I, I don't think I would be sitting there in Cincinnati or Cleveland or Buffalo saying, boy, this looks like an impossible challenge to beat them. I would say to myself, if we don't fix our team the right way in terms of three dimension, offense, defense, kick game, in terms of being physically and mentally tough, being able to handle it, then I think we're going to really take a giant step back. And we've got to come up with our own identity. We have to have our own identity because if we don't develop an identity, I mean, Baltimore spent all year developing an identity with Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator. And they let it go down the drain in the first eight minutes of the game. Crazy. Your offensive philosophy works all season long and then you change it in the most important game of your entire season. It's 
nonsensical, but one of these teams in the AFC that has a new head coach this year is Los Angeles Chargers. So we go from John Harbaugh to Jim stepping into the office because after weeks of speculation, he ultimately did become the new head coach. He's taking over an aging and expensive roster in LA, but he does have the opportunity to work with a young quarterback that many people think is top five, top 10 in the league in Justin Herbert. If you're talking to him today, what's the most important thing that Harbaugh needs to do to fix this Los Angeles Chargers team and have them reach the potential that we've been expecting for the last four years? Well, I, the number one thing you got to do is build your culture. You got to get players into building there that fit who you are, that play to the level you want them to play. It's all about the standard of excellence. It's all about what you're going to tolerate, what you want. You need smart players, tough players that are going to adhere to that. And what you have to do is get rid of the players that don't fit that. You got to get rid of the players that don't fit that because now you have an opportunity to build your culture and you have an opportunity to surround this team and this quarterback with a lot of other pieces. And as you know, more than anybody, right, it's not the quarterback that wins every game. He's great. He helps, but he doesn't win every game. What wins every game is three-dimensional football, offense, defense, and the King game, all working together, all not making mistakes, all within communication. And that starts with a really good culture. And I think that's ultimately what the Chargers haven't had. They've been very analytical. They haven't had any ability to really understand that momentum matters, physicality matters, toughness matters. And if they brought, if they get that to their team and they're good at blocking, good at tackling, good at the fundamentals, they have enough talent to be able to take over the Chiefs with their quarterback and these receivers that they have. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they build. I said it when he first got hired, and I'll say it again. I feel like I would be more surprised if they didn't have immediate success than if they do, just based on what I know about him as a team builder and a guy who has found a way to consistently win. What's funny, reacting to to yesterday's games and everything, is we talked so much last week about maybe this is the year of Harbaugh, right? Maybe John wins the national championship. Uh, Jim wins the national championship. John wins the Super Bowl. Or we talked about maybe it's the year just of Michigan that the Wolverines get it done and the Lions get it done. And it ends up being the freaking Kansas City Chiefs doing it again, just finding ways. And that's why that's why fans are frustrated. They're the new Patriots. Everybody's saying they're the new Patriots, Michael. Well, because they didn't even play. It wasn't even like they were flashy. They just were very effectively efficient. And everybody that walks out of that stadium knowing Baltimore had their chance. It was their moment, and they let it slip. Yep. Two teams let it slip. Crazy. Um, we'll continue this conversation with Mike Pritchard, VEASAN's own NFL analyst, coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.